you know, sometimes the little things can make all the difference. So today I thought I'd share some little stuff that's going to make you more money, including 12 points that I check religiously before I buy any car. If you buy and sell cars for a profit or you want to, you're in the right place. This is the Flipping Genius Podcast. I am your host, Randy Lee. I've been flipping cars most of my life, despite having almost zero mechanical skill. For the past dozen years or so, I've been a licensed used car dealer in the great state of Alabama. No matter what the topic, the number one goal of this podcast is to help our listeners make more money. Let's get to it, flippers. Well, hey, flippers, I am back and uh, I made some discoveries while I was uh, out on the road and I thought I'd share some some cool things that I found and some uh, some little things that I've discovered that can make all of us more money. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. The little things that can make you more money if you keep paying attention to those details. But uh, I wanted to start off by just talking about some cool discoveries and some new friends that I've made this past week. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh, I know I talked about our last last episode was our family reunion episode. And I was telling you, I, I was heading on a trip uh, with my family. We went to Branson, Missouri, which is a, a pretty cool place. There's a, a, some beautiful, uh, beautiful golf courses. I, I don't know if you play golf. I'll tell you what, it's a destination. But, uh, and my brothers and I, we all, we play golf and, and that's one of the first things we did. And we're on, we're on the first tee, waiting to go on the first tee. And I, I see a gentleman who is unmistakably Elvis Presley. <laughs> and uh, I, I went up to him and asked him, uh, I said, you've got to be an Elvis Presley impersonator. And, uh, he said, yes, I am. And, and this guy, he could not have been a nicer man. Uh, uh, his name's Ryan Pelton. And Ryan is probably the greatest Elvis Presley impersonator on the planet. And you can check him out online. You'll, you'll see that I am not exaggerating. But I don't think he could have been a nicer guy. And it was it was so fun just talking to him for a couple minutes on that first tee. And he, as I talked to him, I looked over his shoulder and, you know, who was standing there was Elwood Blues from the Blues Brothers. It was actually uh, Justin Sassanella. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Justin's name right, but Justin actually plays uh, the role of Elwood Blues in the, uh, the, the Legends performance there in Branson. And then the third guy of their group at the moment was uh, Fernando Castro, uh, who is Freddie Mercury. <laughs> at least he is at Legends. And and these guys are great guys. And uh, they are playing golf in front of us. And um, why I'm telling you this is because they've all agreed to, to come on the podcast at some time and, and talk to us uh, about some uh, some flipping ideas that they have and just about uh, having fun, I guess. And it was uh, it was great, great fun to see them at the golf course. And then we were able to go see their show later. And I'll just tell you this. If if you're looking for a place to go with your family, Branson, Missouri is a great place to go. And if you are in that area, you owe it to yourself to see that legend show. 
I I was I was just blown away. It was like uh, it was like I was watching uh, Elvis Presley and the Blues Brothers and 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 uh, Freddie Mercury and uh, uh, Lady Gaga too was on the stage and I didn't get to meet her, but uh, what a what a cool what a cool adventure that was. So hey, look forward to that coming up. We'll probably do some uh, some short videos with them on our YouTube channel. Uh, but I look forward to them having when they have the opportunity to, to share the mic with me. We'll definitely uh, get them on. And if that never comes to fruition, I still want to say thank you to those guys for their hospitality in in Branson. And uh, it's really really a lot of fun. But seeing they've been wonderful to us, and I and I believe that they will come join us on the mic. But going back to that Branson golf, I want to tell you uh, we played golf every day, and it was a, just a lot, a lot of fun. And there's some amazing golf courses there and uh along the way you're you're probably saying randy you crazy man way you talk about stuff well maybe i'm a little crazy but along the way i drove there i my brothers flew my brother flew my other brother drove short distance from uh kansas city and uh but i drove all the way over from from uh, alabama and i uh, drove through Mississippi and Arkansas, and then back through Missouri. And I discovered another thing. I discovered something that I would like to know more about. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend that I know about this. Although, hey, you know me, it doesn't take me long to get ankle deep in this stuff. And one of the things I discovered was a a, a big truck magazine uh, at a truck stop that I was getting gas at. I grabbed that thing and carried it with me. And I'm in the midst of bidding on three vehicles right now because I believe there's a lot of money to be made in the big truck flipping business. Now these are uh, these are all big dump trucks that I'm that I'm trying to buy right now. But I, I got to admit I don't know much about it. I just know that if I can buy them right and sell them right, I'm going to make money in between. So if you're out there and you're hearing this on the Flipping Genius podcast, and you can educate me a little bit about the big truck flipping world that would be awesome uh, just reach out to me at flipping genius or i'm sorry flipping questions at gmail.com uh let me know what you know and that if you'd like to share it that would be so cool i would i would love for it to happen uh, or if you want to go right to the website flippinggenius.com and click on the scheduling page where you schedule a free 20 minute one-on-one uh, -on -one with me I'd love to talk to you about that and find out more about it, possibly bring you on the, on the podcast in a future episode to talk about that. I know it's a little bit off track, but it really isn't. See, car flipping is something that you and I or, you know, most everybody that's listening to the podcast does. But we all know there's other flipping things out there. And, and, the, and the fact is that some of these big rigs sell for a ton of money. And if you know what you're doing, you can make a lot of money. Uh, and along those lines... Uh, along those lines, there's uh, farm equipment and construction equipment and uh, uh, boats and and even golf carts. Uh, so I've got a friend who does uh, golf carts uh, part time. And he also every year at Memorial Day uh, buys a boat, uh, enjoys it for a couple of weeks and then and then flips it for a profit. And uh, there's so many opportunities out there. And I would like to learn more about them myself. So if you are. On the other side of this, and you're hearing my voice, and you can help us out, and you're willing to do that, uh, to share your stories on that, 
please do. And uh, and if you don't want to talk to me personally, they'd rather just share some information. Uh, join our our Flippers forum at uh, uh, Facebook. Just search Flipping Genius on Facebook, and you'll find our Flippers forum. We're rapidly approaching 250 members, and uh, I, our goal at my goal my goal is to have a thousand members in that thing by the end of the the year. But I want to have the right kind of members like we have right now, folks that are definitely interested in helping each other and learning from each other, not a place to to promote yourself. Um, and, and we'll we'll keep it that you can you can take that to the bank because I, I don't allow that kind of thing to happen on any of our, our groups. And we have uh, about 20 of them right now. But that's our only flippers forum group. So if you'd like to share some information on there, that'd be awesome. Or set up a one on one with me or just email me at flippingquestions at gmail.com. So that big truck, boat, tractor, golf cart, construction equipment opportunity is out there. And that's another discovery that I made. And then I woke up this morning and I saw one of my friends, uh, Ed Fox, who owns a couple of the trade bank uh, operations, one in Nashville and one in, it's in Kansas. And I can't think of the name right now. It begins with a W, and I know you're out there shouting it at me. Um, Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Ed has a great uh, podcast that I've mentioned before about the barter business, but he's got a new podcast that I listened to this morning, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was about networking, and I thought, this is some information that will help all of us in the flipping business, too. And I want to share that with you when I come back from this break, because I'm got to get a jug of kickapoo joy juice because i'm not even pronouncing that word right and when i do i'm gonna i'm gonna share three tips that i learned from ed this morning and then we're gonna get into those little things those little things that can make a big difference in all of our business you know my business has been a member of the itex business to business barter community for over a decade and ITEX is the largest commercial business-to-business -business barter organization in the world. They're traded on the New York Stock Exchange. And ITEX has helped me secure hundreds of thousands of dollars in business that I would have not had had it not been for ITEX over the years. Extremely profitable business from customers that I would have never been able to meet without them who led me to cash-paying customers who I also would not have met without them. If you're in business for yourself, or you want to be, you owe it to yourself, your family, your employees to investigate ITEX. You can learn more about ITEX by clicking on the resources page at flippinggenius.com and then click on the business and finance heading. The first thing you will see is ITEX, I-T-E-X. Click on the link to learn more. Hey, please tell them that you heard about it on Flipping Genius. All right, we're back, and I want to keep my promise to you, so let's talk about what I learned this morning that's going to help you make money uh, and then get into those little things that are going to make us money. But I was listening to Ed Fox, my, my buddy from Trade Bank in Nashville and Wichita, Kansas, and his new, uh, his new podcast, and I'll put a link on it because I can't re remember the name right now, but I'll put a link to his podcast on our, our show notes on this page. And, and also, uh, another thing, fun thing, is I, I'm going to put up some pictures uh, of me with the guys from uh, from Legends. And you'll see that I told you they, they look just, uh, well, they look like the people they represent. And and uh, 
uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of amazing. But anyway, Ed Ed said some things that really hit home with me, and I thought this this stuff makes a lot of sense. And I'll tell you what, I discovered today that I was using exactly what Ed said today as I was out in the rain <laughs> getting some getting some parts fixed on a on a uh, Ford uh, Freestyle that that I have. Um, the first thing that Ed was talking about, he was talking about how to network with other businesses. This was Ed's business. And I find that I constantly do this. Now, I, I, I don't know, you flippers may not see this. And, and if you don't see this, if you're not, if you're not looking at your flipping business as a business, you're, you're probably missing out because we are in business. I don't care what level you're at. I don't care if you have a, a 500 car lot or if you are a guy who buys and sells a car out of your front yard every three months, we are all trying to pursue thing something, and what mostly that is making more money. And the number one goal of this podcast, as you know, is to help our listeners make some more money. So the first thing that 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 Ed told me is, don't hijack a conversation, and and this makes a lot of sense. I. As you know, I, I talk and talk and talk. That's why I have a podcast. I, <laughs> but the fact is that when I'm talking with an individual face-to-face or on a Zoom call, my goal is to make it a conversation, not just make it a, a uh, uh, speech. <laughs> and, and it's very important that when you do that, you ask questions and you listen and you direct a conversation because, well, I'm going to jump ahead. I'm going to jump ahead to what the last point that, that Ed made this morning. And he said, remember this. You learned it in school. R becomes before S. And what he meant by that is relationships come first and then sales come later. And nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Now, you've probably heard this stuff before. Maybe you haven't. But it makes a ton of sense. And I'm going to give you an example of how I used it this very day. So uh, I needed to get a tire replaced on a, a wheel for a, uh, a Ford Freestyle that, I, that I'm rebuilding. And I, I was at the tire store. I was at the used tire store because that's a lot, a lot of times I'll do a used tire. And they had a good one. Um, one thing that I happened to do is not negotiate. You're going to say, Randy, Randy, Randy. But I, I saw an opportunity here. And uh, they were going to put uh, put my take my spare off that was on the, on the car, put it back in the vehicle. They were going to put my new tire on the car and get it all balanced and ready to go. And they wanted 45 bucks for that. I usually try to negotiate it down to 30 or 35 and I'll stand there and argue a little bit, but I didn't. I said, 45, let's do it. Because I saw some opportunity here. And what I saw were some vehicles that looked like they might not be being used. (laughs) So I pulled out my business card that says I buy cars and immediately started talking to the folks who were there, who, by the way, none of them spoke English. Um, a little bit of English. I think it's a peak in Pico English because I only speak, uh, speak a little bit of Spanish. And um, in doing so, 
in in allowing them to make a reasonable profit on their used tire, um, I opened the door for them to listen to me. And 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 by keeping my head on a swivel and being observant, I picked up a lead on two good vehicles and a good opportunity possibly to make some money on those vehicles. Um, the key was I, I took some time to build a relationship a little bit, just a little bit of time, and to be reasonable in my business expectations. Um, I developed this tiny little bit of relationship with them, and my sale on this particular deal was actually to buy a vehicle. And I'll I'll try to get that worked out this week because I want to check some things with a mechanic before I close that deal down. But uh, looks like I would be buying a vehicle that will sell for about $4,000, pick it up for around $800, $900, and uh, put maybe five or $600 in it, I'm guessing. And, well, you do the math. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good uh, conversation to have. So in listening to Ed early this morning, about five o'clock this morning, uh, I learned don't hijack the conversation. Talk, talk, talk. And along the way, while I was waiting, another, uh, another, I mean, listen, 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 I'm sorry. Along the way, I, I met another gentleman who was sitting next to me uh, uh, who owned a concrete company. And I passed my card to him. I had a little discussion with him and his family and listened about his business. And that I passed in my card. And that also looks like it could lead to an opportunity. So so we should be networking. You should be networking. I've told you this before. Get out. Go see people. And and this was a rainy day here in Alabama. Um, as it turned out, I, I managed to get everything fixed on that vehicle because the rain let up and I could do the work that I needed to do. And and, and those guys did their work in the rain. And, and so I, I picked up some very good leads, both for buying and selling some vehicles, uh, which I'm excited about. And and that was the, the steps. I didn't overstate, didn't overtalk. I listened and looked for opportunities. And amazingly, I, I think I can speak about 5% Spanish, probably not even that. And the gentleman I was talking to could speak maybe between 10% and 40% uh, English. But we were able to communicate um, everything that we needed to communicate in, the, in those in those uh, those conversations. And the last piece of the puzzle that that Ed uh, mentioned is one that that I also happened to use already today, and that was uh, social media. He said, "Make sure that you update your social media as you as you hand out these business cards. As you as if your business card has your website on it." If you if you invite people to to learn more about you on social media, whether it be Facebook or or LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever you use, make sure your social media is up to date. And that's very, very important. Uh, And I am a little guilty of not having it right up to date. I noticed that on my LinkedIn. I needed a, a few changes. So keep keep that stuff up to date. If you're not there get there because people will look for you. They'll look for your services. They'll look for vehicles and you can advertise in these places for practically nothing or nothing. So those are the three tips that I learned from, from Ed today. They've already benefited me. 
already. It's it's awesome. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate that. And hey, if you've got anything to add along these lines, uh, I would love to hear it. Send me information. Send me questions at flippingquestions at gmail.com. Uh, interact with me on, on our, our flipping forum. And uh, hey, I, I haven't mentioned it, but I, I am excited to work with you one-on-one -on -one and see if there's a way to help you build your business. Um, this is something that we are doing with businesses all across North America at this point. And uh, of course, there's limited time, but if you'll go to the website, flippinggenius.com, you'll see the box you can clip, click and set up a, a free 20-minute one-on-one with me. And we'll talk about what you're doing and see if there's a way that what I can do can help you do what you do better so you'll make more money. That is what we're after, right? Hey, I'm going to take a little break so I can get another jug of Kickapoo Joy Juice. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm going to talk about some little things, little things, these little tiny things that can make us all a lot more money. Hey, you know, when we started the Flipping Genius podcast, one of the things I thought that we could do to create revenue is create a digital training course about car flipping. And then I discovered Jeremy Fisher had already created the three-hour car flip and a three-hour car Flip Academy. He did a, such a fantastic job. I didn't see any way that I could duplicate that effort anywhere near the price that he was willing to, to, to charge. And then I invited Jeremy to come share the microphone with us in episode 42 of Flipping Genius. He did, which is exciting to me. And, and then he said we could sell his product on our website for less than $50. And he'd even give us a small commission every time we sold one. It's a great deal. And it's a great course. It'll help you make some money no matter where you're at in the flipping game. I encourage you to go to FlippingGenius.com, click on Resources, click on More Great Stuff, and buy Jeremy's course. It's less than $50. I'm confident that you will make probably 10 times that much on your very first flip. It's very well worth it. Okay, we're back. We're going to talk about some little things that make a big difference. And uh, I, I thought I'd start off with, with some stuff that I picked up today. I was talking to K.J. Howard. You might remember K.J. from way, way back when we, we were early, early times of the podcast. K.J. is a, a car dealer here in Alabama. And I bumped into him the day at the dealer auction. And I said, uh, K.J., what, what's the smartest little thing that you do at the auction that makes you money? And he said two words. He said, I watch. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because I was thinking the same exact thing. When I'm at the auction, I watch the other dealers. Now, I know you guys aren't all at car auctions all the time, but I just wanted to share this little thing with you because I'll tell you what I was watching for today. There's one particular guy at the auction. I know that he bids on his own stuff. I know this because I've watched <laughs> And I'm not going to call him out, but I didn't need to say much to get KJ to know exactly what I was talking about. But then he said, I watch the other dealers to see what they're doing. And then he said, and this was, I think it's a great compliment. He said, I watch you, Randy Lee. I know if you're bidding, then you've checked it out. And I'll let you do the homework. <laughs> now, I hated that because I knew that the KJ will probably pay more than I do for the same vehicle. But hey, that's cool. It's nice of him to say. And, uh, 
and that is really a fact. You know, if you are at the uh, at a car auction, watch what other people are doing. Keep your eye on the ball, man. Keep your head on a swivel. I was I was looking at uh, about fifty cars today at the auction, and as it came rolling through, yeah, I keep an eye on what other people are doing, especially when they're going crazy overbidding on things, and then all of a sudden the vehicle rolls through that looks pretty good, and nobody is bidding on it except for me and one other guy. And it was funny today because that one other guy was the only guy bidding on a couple cars. And I figured out pretty quick that other guy owned those cars. Now, that's probably not on the up and up, but uh, that kind of stuff happens. So keep your eyes open. Now, I talked to another buddy of mine, Ken Lay. Ken's from Tennessee. And Ken is a uh, uh, experienced car flipper. And I believe he's a member of a of the uh, Flipping Genius uh, Used Car Flipping Forum on uh, on Facebook. If you're not a member yet, please join. It's free. Just go to your Facebook groups, type in Flipping Genius. It'll be the first one that comes up. It's a blue and white group instead of a red and white group like our other 19 groups. And it's free to join. Just answer a few questions so I know that you're not a computer-generated uh, scammer. And we'll let you in, and you can interact. And this is... Uh, uh, well, you'll find Ken on there. And he said something that I liked. I, I, uh, he, he buys a lot of cars from individuals, as, as do I, as do a lot of you. And he said, I prefer to screen vehicles before I travel. Uh, I have a series of questions that I like to ask in advance to find out about a vehicle's history and maintenance history when I'm purchasing a vehicle from a private seller. I find if they aren't willing to answer those questions on the phone, I'll likely not be interested when I get there. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, now Ken, I think, buys a little better class vehicle than I do. So I have a little bit lower expectations than he does on my vehicles. But I like the uh, the idea that he wants, he wants to get a feel for the person before he buys the car uh, or the vehicle before he gets out there. And and that may be too much to expect from from the the seller, but it's not for Ken. And I thought, hey, I like that. I like what he what he shared, and I wanted to share that with you. And it's something that that uh, I do incorporate some. I I do like to to get as much information uh, before I head across town or uh, across the county. But Ken travels a lot further than I do generally to. to buy his vehicle. So it makes even more sense to try to get that information up front. Now, I thought, you know, I, I, I was thinking about what little things am I going to share with you? And I don't mean to change gears here, but, uh, and I'm not, I'm not changing gears. I, I thought maybe the smartest thing that I could do when it comes to little things is put together a string of little things that I do every time I buy a car every time I buy a car. And these are all just little things that will make you money, like I promised. And remember, the number one goal flipping genius, help you make more money. So I'm going to go through a 12-point check that I follow every single time I buy a car. If I can, I go through all of these, whether it's at the auction or it's in the in the garage at somebody's house and everything in between. Um, it's important that you get as much information to make your decisions on as possible. And that's what KJ was talking about because he sees me do it uh, before the auction. But 
he's not along with me when I am uh, inspecting a vehicle uh, in the rain at a used tire store like I was the other day. Uh, but I do the same stuff or much as much of it as they will allow me to. Um, and I'm just going to go through these these one by one. There's 12 things that I do. And uh, I, I recommend that you do them too. And if you're not already doing them, hit. And if you've got number 13 or number 20, <laughs> share them with us. Share them. You, you can email them to me, flippingquestions at gmail.com, or email them, or I mean share them on the, uh, the car flipping forum. Uh, or, you know, however you want to get them to me, that, that'd be a great idea. Number one, number one on my list is you should have an OBD2 uh, scanning tool that you plug into underneath the dash. Uh, if you, if you don't know about this, um, we'll probably do a video on it, but you can, you can look on, on YouTube. There's tons of people. I was like, I like, uh, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Kilmer, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Scotty does some good some good videos on that stuff. If you don't know, um, I think I paid less than fifty bucks for my OBD two uh, scanning tool. You can get a better one, but it, it does work for me. Um, and my code reader will show me if there's been codes cleared recently. Now that's not the end of a deal if somebody's cleared a code, but I want to see what the seller, if there is one. Uh, like in somebody's garage, uh, what they'll say if I if I tell them I found this because I, I it it uh, it leads me down a path. Do I trust you or do I not trust you? That's that's a valuable tool. I, of course, I look inside at the dashboard to see if there's any lights on. That's going to indicate some trouble if it's on there. But the OBD2 scanner may show some 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 things that don't even show up on there or or clarify what those things are. Now, under the hood, I pop the hood up, and the first thing I want to know, will the hood stay open? Uh, if you've got the old, uh, the hood struts, if it doesn't hold up, that's just another thing, another annoyance. But it's the first thing I think of. And on some of the high mileage vehicles that I buy, that that sometimes is the case. And other guys at times, most of the times, they have a, a bar that holds it up these days. Um, and I look to see how clean it looks under the hood. These are a bunch of little things, but these are all number three. I look at how clean does it look under the hood? Because I think, I think if it's too clean, they could be hiding something. Um, in a way, maybe this is my excuse for not cleaning engines all up uh, when I sell them. But but I think if you if you just have that thing sparkling clean and it's not like a show vehicle, um, you know, if you're buying a a, a '99 Buick uh, LeSabre and it's just sparkling clean, chances are you're you're hide, hiding something. From me, unless it's a you know low low mileage vehicle and it's a like I said a show vehicle, um, but that's just my my opinion. So I'm looking. Does it look normal? You know that, that's the first thing that catches my. Uh, and then while I'm while I'm at it, before I've really looked at anything else, I I check the the seams under the under the hood to see if they are straight because it, this is a good place that you can find out if the vehicle's been been wrecked and been repaired because it's the hardest thing. Uh, for, for a body shop to get those seams just perfectly straight. And if I see some some indicators there, and I'll also along the very front to see if there's been a front-end collision, because I want to know if that frame has been bent, and so I'm looking for that too. Um, that's number four. Number five, of course, I look for leaks, drips, rust, and excessive wear, uh, both on top and especially underneath. And if I can, I like to get it jacked up. Um, 
Now, I've been known to take a test drive and stop and pull up on a curb so I can slide under it and look at this. This is a little trick that I, I learned a long, long time ago. Um, but we're looking for leaks and excessive uh, uh, wear and rust that's, that's excessive underneath. And you can do that by pulling up on a curb if you don't have to have a jack. But that's, a, that's just a little thing. Um, but you can just slide on the ground and see a lot of it, too. Um, then the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the coolant reservoir. Uh, I'm going to look to see if the coolant is clean. And <laughs> sometimes even clean coolant makes me suspect because it's it can be too clean. I see this a lot at the auction where they've topped everything off with brand new coolant like after they drove it there. Because you can tell if the rest of the car just doesn't look like they have new coolant, there can be something there. Um, but they may have just topped it off, and it's not always bad. But what I'm also looking for is oil or sludge in that coolant, because that can mean head gasket trouble. I, you, you want it to be as pure as possible. Again, I'm looking at high mileage, very inexpensive vehicles, so I'm, I'm going to have lower expectations than a lot of you, but I'm still looking here. And I'm looking here while, it's, while it is cool, of course. I haven't started the car yet. Um, and there's, there's some other little things that I'm looking at. If, if uh, they've been running the car before I got there, uh, that could be another sign too. But I'm, I'm not going to throw that on my, my list here. Number seven, while I've got the engine, the hood's popped. I haven't started the engine yet. I'm going to check the power steering and brake, brake fluid to make sure that, that they're clean and that the levels are correct. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do both this both before and after starting the engine and driving it because I want to look for leaks there. The next thing, and this is maybe maybe the thing that has turned me away from cars quicker than anything else, I'm going to look under the oil cap. I'm going to pull that oil cap off. And number one, can I get the oil cap off? I, I had one today that I could not get the oil cap off. I've had them before like that. And I'll sometimes I'll have my big uh, pliers that I can actually take the thing off, but that's a bad sign. Um, so after I take the oil cap off, I'm looking first for, is there a frothy or milky substance underneath that cap? I haven't seen that lately. I think everybody's onto that, but that means there's a bad a head gasket issue probably. Um, and then I look inside the engine, inside that engine uh, cap hole too, to see if there's any sludge inside the engine too. Um, that would be both those things really bad. Um, and then when the engine is, is running, I'm going to I'm going to take that cap off again. I'm going to put my hand over that that oil cap hole to see if there's any an excessively strong pulse because that can indicate that I've got major major motor trouble, engine trouble with that vehicle. Um and then uh number 9 before I start the car, I'm going to check the oil oil dipstick to see if if the engine oil is clean, if it's the right amount. If there's if there's metal flakes or chips in the oil, uh, and again if there's uh, frothy or milky oil, uh, those are all those are bad. You know <laughs> the the uh, the excessive engine wear from the metal flaky chips uh, would mean bad stuff for the engine and the blown head gasket. If, if we've got a milky substance on the dipstick, well I, I have seen it before. I haven't seen it re recently, honestly. Um, and then I'm going to check the hoses and the belts to see if there's excessive wear there. And, and if possible, I'm going to have somebody else start the, the, uh, 
the engine, especially if it's cold to start with. And I want to go around back and see what comes out when you start it. Um, and I do that even at the auction sometimes by, by teaming up with a another dealer. Um, and we're looking to see if there's blue smoke coming out, excessive blue smoke, really any blue smoke. Uh, that's piston wear. And if there's excessive white smoke, um, that's probably a head gasket issue. Um, and, and and I'm going to um, also watch when we started it, if what how much movement there is of the engine itself, because I'm looking for broken motor mounts, um, which I've bought vehicles with broken motor mounts. I just want to know about it. Um, all these things are going to be uh, have me adjust my price downward, obviously. And I'm going to check these same things after I take a test drive. And 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 I'm going to throw number 13 bonus. Make sure your test drive is significant. I, I, I got caught on one recently because I just trusted the people. Try to drive 10 minutes uh, in town driving and 10 minutes on the highway driving. You'll be gone for 20 minutes. Just tell them you're going to be gone for a little bit. Um, if you can do that, and a lot of times you can't at an auction or, or, or you can't do that. But if you can do it and then check a lot of this stuff, if not all of this stuff, again, after you've driven it, uh, including the, the code sensor all the way through. And especially if you're spending a lot of money, uh, if you're buying some of it for 400 bucks, like I do sometimes, yeah, they may think you're a little bit crazy. But those are little things. Man, they add up to a big thing. And by not doing them, well, for instance, the test drive, uh, that cost me about, I don't know, seven, six, seven hundred dollars the other day because I, I missed uh, something big that, that would have come up had I driven it a little bit more. But I distrusted the old guy and I'll be OK. But it's just, you know, you got to take care of yourself. But those are those are some things I, I want to thank K.J. Howard and Ken Lay for throwing a few uh, tips our way. I want to I want to thank the boys from the Legends in in Branson, Missouri, for all the fun this week. And we really look forward to hearing you guys. Uh, on the show coming up. It's going to be a blast. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast again. There, Obviously, there's no podcast if there's no listeners. And the listeners, you are awesome. We we really appreciate you. I want you to, to save us as a favorite and give us a five-star rating if you can and share us with your friends on social media, uh, email, wherever you can tell people about us. The bigger we get, the more we can do. And the more we can do, the more money we can help you make and save. And speaking of that, I want to mention while I'm thinking about it, when you go to FlippinGenius.com, be sure to check on the resources page. You're going to find a bunch of ways to save and make more money right there on our resources page. We continue to build that and we're trying to get it better and better. And I want you to reach out to me if you can. Tell me what other information you'd like to have on the resources page, whether discounts you'd like me to negotiate. And another thing that I'd love to hear from you is what other information you'd like me to share on future episodes of Flipping Genius. And if you've got something that you think that would be valuable to everybody, reach out to me and tell me what you you could offer our audience. It would be a lot of fun. And hey, I've mentioned so many times that the number one goal of the podcast is to help our listeners make more money. And the thing that we've done recently is added Ah, added some hours to my schedule, I think. Um, we're doing one-on-ones with our listeners, and I am looking forward to it. I'd love to for you to consider becoming a flipping team member or a, a, flink, a, a flipping partner or a flipping champion, which are our three levels of membership. And part of that is interaction with me 
face-to-face via Zoom, and the first meeting is free, the 20-minute one-on-one meeting where we'll sit down and talk about your business and determine how I might be able to help you make more money. (laughs) Hey, thanks, man, for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel, Flipping Genius YouTube channel. We've got new stuff coming there all the time. And also look for us on DAA Radio. We're on there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every every time at 11 o'clock. And a lot of that's good video and audio that I think will help you with your business. Hey, let's work together. Let's make some money. Let's all become Flipping Geniuses. I know some things, people. I don't know everything, but what I do know can help you make more money. Schedule a 20-minute one-on-one consultation with me. Just go to www.flippinggenius.com. Click on the button that says schedule a 20-minute consultation with Randy. And then book the time. We'll get together and figure out how I can help you make more money.